one, two, three. Dad without a dad production. Hey everybody, and welcome to Where is Andy? Oh my goodness, where is he going to come back to his own podcast? Welcome to Dad Without a Dad. That is Dad Without a Dad. My name is Jose de la Roca, and you can follow me on Instagram at Mr. Jose de la Roca. That is at Mr. Jose de la Roca. Or you can send me a tweet at Mr. Jose de la Roca. I used to have a partner called Andy Griffiths, and he used to be with me all the time. And we had a podcast, and we met at E3. He uh, uh, was going to become a dad. And then we decided to make a podcast to promote my book. But like he says, my book is shitty. So the podcast was good and stayed here. And we did uh, like 100 episodes. And then he decided to have more sex. And he became a, a parent again. So he used to be here. And it was him and I. And he was the star of the podcast because he knows more about video games. And he has the nice uh, British accent because he is from Britain. Uh, his English, uh, and but he used to be here, and I don't know what happened, but one day, hopefully, uh, he will be back. But today, I have a wonderful guest. His name is Andy Griffiths. Andy, welcome hey. to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Jose, I was just going to let you run and run. There were so many compliments in there. I loved it. It was great. Uh, hey, everyone. I'm back. Uh, my name is Andy Griffiths. <laughs> you can follow me at Gaming Goodness on Twitter. Um yeah, it's been a month, dude. I think it's been four weeks or a month or whatever since I've been on here. Things have happened. Um, things have been born. Uh, things have been passed. Things have slimmed down, tightened up. Things have expanded. Um, yeah, it's been nuts. It's been nuts. Okay, I, I don't want to know what uh, expanded I, I... and thin out and... <laughs> But anyways, uh, so uh, about a month ago, Andy was going to uh, come to the podcast. And on a Friday, we got a picture with Andy, uh, his lovely wife, and a little tiny, beautiful baby who didn't look like he was just born. It looked like a, a month. And then you <laughs> sent another picture, and then I showed it to my girlfriend. And are you sure it was brand new? Because... Your beautiful uh, daughter looked amazing. So take us back four weeks. What happened? So it seems like years ago at this point because um, <laughs> so much has happened. Uh, so essentially, uh, my daughter's due date uh, was like mid-June and she arrived at the end of May. Um, my wife's water broke like in the morning, uh, like early morning. We're talking like two o'clock in the morning. And we, we'd done this drill before, like we knew this, we'd already had a baby before. So we were kind of like, okay, water's broke. That doesn't necessarily mean that things are imminent. We're still going to, we'll call up the phone line, whatever. We called up the phone line, which is happened in the UK. So it's like 111. Basically, they put your wife through to a midwife and the midwife's like, cool, water's broke. Has anything happened? Do you feel contractions or anything like that? And we're like, no. Okay, don't worry about it then. Try and get some sleep. You'll get woken up with them. And then, yeah, uh, just track certain things like discharge, coloration, and stuff like that. Beautiful stuff. Um, and then, essentially, we called them up again a few hours later. Contractions were starting to kick in. 
uh, discharge has started to change color a little bit um, from, you know, nether regions. And uh, we basically went into hospital. Uh, it's still COVID secure hospital. So essentially what they do is they do a sweep um, and they do a sweep to basically check that the waters are broke and they do a sweep to check the, the colorization of uh, any sort of like mucus down there. The reason why they do that is because they want to check that their baby hasn't um, basically hasn't uh, uh, pooped in the womb and stuff like that. Um, my daughter had, which spurred things on a little bit. What I haven't mentioned at this point is that me and my wife were riddled, like riddled with this cold, uh, like well, cold. Let me, let me, let me. Flu symptoms. I didn't want to cut you off. But yeah. uh, last thing we heard from Mandy was a wonderful uh, message. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, so <laughs> trust me, listeners of this podcast know how shitty you sound. So we could pass that because I already made fun of you for a little bit. Uh, so Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I completely forgot that I sent that message. I think I said it at like 3 o'clock in the morning. Um, so, yeah, so we had all that um, and uh, obviously explained how that how that all that went down. Um Dude, like, really, it's a, the human body is amazing. Like, you, you know, me and my wife felt so terrible prior to her arrival, and then, like, you know, the all the adrenaline kicks in and stuff, and we, we felt absolutely fine after that, and then it hit us a few days later. Um, so we we're really, really lucky um, because, you know, whenever there's there's poop in a room, there's risk of infection and all that stuff, um, and we had a cesarean. It was literally, you know, from that morning going in early morning, it was a couple of hours, um, literally in the space of 90 minutes or a football match, she arrived, she was healthy, she was beautiful. Um, within a couple of days, I think it was even, I think it was like 36 hours or something like that. I could have my wife and my daughter home, uh, with my son and we could, you know, figure out how we were going to be a family <laughs> and uh how to look after you know this this tiny thing again um so over the past four weeks it's literally just been trying to figure that out so figure out the um you know the sleep patterns of newborns again you know doing feeds um they've got a tiny stomach so they can only be like they can only sleep for like three hours before they need food like maximum um me and my wife are doing a split like rotation split shift thing. So like I take the baby from like 10 until uh, like 2.30 in the morning. And then she'll take her from 2.30 until 8, um, at which point I'll, I'll wake up and take over. Um, it's not like she needs someone by her, you know, she needs someone by her all the time. But like, you know, we put her down and she can sleep and, and all that stuff. Um, uh, so, yeah, it's mainly been going through that. But it's it's you know going from nine hours sleep a night to suddenly having four and a half maybe um and also you know you're dealing with a, a, another child as well which is my son who's, who's having to go through all of it um it's uh it's tricky it's challenging um you know there's been times that he's you know that uh, cries from my daughter have woken up my son uh in the middle of the night and then it's taken him like two hours to to, to get back to sleep again so you know we're all we're all getting through this. It's it's uh, it's a big transition. It's massively exciting. Um, you know, like she's almost a month old at this point. Um, so she's four weeks old at this point. Her face is filling out. She's starting to like interact a little bit with things, like not directly, but look at things. You know, like literally when you 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 look at newborn stuff, and it's it's funny going through it all again. It's like you know, 
at this point, signs of progression for them are like, hey, did they hold their head up for like three seconds? That's great. They're breathing. Uh-huh. Eating. Yep. Who's cool? Yep. Wet nappies. Yep. All that stuff. So, yeah, super, super basic stuff. But, um, yeah, really, Wait, really happy. So, um, did you, was your firstborn um, uh, normal? Yeah. He, um, so when he arrived, he was, is, we had massively contrasting births. So, The second one was That's what I wanted to talk about since you went yeah. since you went from normal to a C-section. Yeah. So, so the second one uh, was a C-section. So the first one was like gas and air basically. Cuz uh, uh um I only have experience with C-sections and I think we talked about this a hundred mm. episodes ago where like my girlfriend couldn't move for and that's what I was talking about how like if you were going to have a C-section you needed to clean like well you four butts but i was cleaning three butts can yep. you tell the can you can you i mean we're not women and we <laughs> don't give birth but looking at the big difference right because when you have a normal birth like you go through hell or she goes yeah. through hell for like a day until the baby is born but let's just say she is fine or not fine or whatever or she's okay Uh, yeah. like the day after but a c-section is like poor girl can't move right yeah i mean it's major surgery isn't it like it's um it's crazy i think the only the easiest way for me to understand it was that you know you either have a a, a birth without a c-section and you have to do you know all the pushing yourself and it comes out of the vagina and you're having the pain then and there but your recuperation is much quicker or You have a C-section and there's very little pain, but you're storing up that pain for later, which is the recuperation of all the, you know, you know, like literally not to be too graphic, but, you know, rural, rural dads here. And, you know, it's we're going to be talking about some some graphic things, uh, you know, when they make the incision around the, the, the womb, you know, they make a small incision. So it's easier for the for the person to recuperate. But, you know, they literally kind of pull the area around there apart to kind of to get the baby out um so there's lots of internal bruising uh not internal hemorrhaging because they 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 you know they they uh, uh suture all that up um you know uh and talking of the sutures like they dissolve as well um i mean we were really lucky like some people when they have c-sections they're in hospital for like a week because you know they pick up an infection or uh their their movement is super restricted but we didn't have that so we were super lucky um and i think you know looking back on 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 my son's birth like you know if i had a choice between the two i don't know what i would choose if if i'm i'm honest um and same for my wife we're in the same direction they're just different one's not better than the other i think they're just different i think the pain is just uh like you said it's basically pain a lot for 24 hours and then or pain a lot for a week <laughs> yeah because i yeah. remember her it's like so for you know those people who are listening and are uh about to become dads or a man that is listening as basically uh if you are sitting down standing up uh touch uh your pelvis and pretend there's a somebody punches you there and then try to move and you will see that everything revolves around your pelvis yep. if you want to stand up if you want to go to the right if you want to go to the left if you want to move so imagine having 
a big cut right there and then you, you can't even move and then there you go so but because i saw it i was like whoa you are brave and you are more of a man than i am and you know and you should be like me don't have another kid but uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's wonderful man like um so you are you experiencing all this stuff like one eye goes to one side and the other one goes to that one side and you're like all right it's normal i think it's um it's weird right i think having two is hard because the age range between my son and my daughter is pretty good uh you know like my son's only three and a half so the age range is good and he's just getting to the point now where he can kind of play by himself and entertain himself which is good but you certainly feel like you're not paying attention like the, a newborn super needy for obvious reasons right like they need to be fed they poo like every goddamn three seconds it <laughs> seems so you always have to change nappies um and you feel like you're you're neglecting you know the, the other member of the family a little bit um uh so yeah it's it's a it's a juggling act for sure um i think the good thing is that because i had to look after my wife as well because like you say like, like we talked about you know 100 podcasts ago whatever or 100 episodes ago when you know I had to do everything for my wife for the days after um and for a week after really because she she couldn't do it um for obvious reasons you know she's got like a massive um uh, like a uh, cut across across her stomach um what i would compare it to is like if if you've ever had like a shoulder injury or if you've ever had like a hip injury or anything like that where it's joint related it seems to be very similar to that in terms of like even movement that isn't in that general vicinity, like it still hurts, um, you know, like, cause you're moving, you know, you could be walking and it would still hurt. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I feel like we're doing okay. I have no idea how single parents do it. If I'm hundred percent honest with you, like no idea. Um, because it's really, really like we, we found it really, really hard. I think we're starting to find our groove a little bit. Um, and my son's just been amazing. Like he hundred percent treats my daughter like she's a cat. Um, <laughs> so like taps her on the head and like uh, talks to her and stuff like that. But he, he does show love to her in his, his own way. And he gets that she's really gentle, you know, really vulnerable. Um, so he doesn't like bounce around near her and jump in her face or whatever. He doesn't do that, which is hard for a three-year-old, right? Like that's all three-year-olds want to do. They just want to be aggressive and, and, and be whatever. Um, but uh but yeah we've been we've been getting on with it and uh starting to feel a little bit normal with the sleep wise as well which is why you know i found it really difficult to kind of of uh over the past few weeks like i wanted to do a podcast i've wanted to talk to you guys about what's going on but it's just been really hard to kind of like put yourself mentally in a position where you can string two or three sentences together dude um, after after listening to that um i think i even messaged you saying yeah did you hear this? Like, <laughs> I was like, are you sure? And like, yeah. I told Will privately, and I could tell you, because I'm very honest with Andy face yeah. to face. Let's just say I did a little bit of magic to it because <laughs> there was a lot of, uh, uh, I was like, is he okay? And I think I even <laughs> kind of reached out to you. I'm like, are you sure? Yeah, so yeah, like, yeah. before I played it, I was like, all right, guys, this is Andy. He just had a baby. He's okay. He's sleepy. So let's just give him the benefit of the doubt. And 
But here we go. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were super sick. Like, this is the thing. Like, it, it wasn't like a COVID sick thing, but it was, it's, you know, and we have a three-year-old in the house, right? So we get sick a lot anyway, but it's like minor coughs and colds. Like, you know, we, I think we've had to cancel like probably 10 podcasts or 10 episodes of the podcast over the year, uh, or over the years, because I've, my voice has sounded really, really shit. Um, or I haven't been able to like, or I've had a sore throat or something. But this was like, you know, proper kick your ass flu. This was like cough, cold, uh, uh, like blowing your nose constantly, saliva coming out of every orifice, like uh, impacts your um, taste buds and all that stuff. Like all the symptoms of COVID, but it wasn't COVID because we had the tests. Um, And the funny thing was like, so we had the baby, we had the adrenaline related to that. And then like four days after that happened, like it came back again. Because the body was like, oh, cool. No, you can be ill now. Mm-hmm. You can deal with this thing now. Um, so we dealt with that. And after that, you know, like the, the this pregnancy was was really tough. Uh, like my wife had limited mobility throughout, um, primarily because of her hips. Uh, you know, my daughter was a big baby um, and my wife's quite little. Um, so I, I kind of got used to doing more and more around the house uh, anyway. Uh, and I don't have a job uh you know by by choice and that that helps out as well um so it's been really odd over the past couple of weeks to like yes to have this newborn and to have this constant weight uh like physical weight that you have to carry and and, and do stuff with uh, that's why i've thrown my shoulder out a little bit um uh, but we'll get onto that maybe um but it's been lovely having my wife back and who, who can do stuff again and can move around and can help out. And, and it, that's been amazing. Um, you know, and I think, uh, I just feel really, really happy and really lucky. And like, everyone's been lovely. Like Jose, you've been lovely. You sent me loads of supportive messages, which are really, really nice. And obviously you sent me that care package, um, before she was born, which has been amazing. Um, and you know, we've had lots of people sending us like brownies in the post, <laughs> Like fuck, I'm so fucking fat. Uh, brownies, cakes, um, Haribo, like all this amazing stuff to kind of like sugar rush keep us going, which has really really helped. Um, and I definitely recommend that for any parents that are, are, are or aspiring parents or, or parents that are about to to have their first or second. Like get that sugar. You'll need that sugar um, as long as you're not a diabetic. And uh, yeah, it's been. It's been nuts, but it's been really, really cool. And it's only going to get better. Do you like beer? I do. And now I can have great craft beer any time of the day, thanks to my friends at Hairless Dog Brewing. Hairless Dog Brewing are the first domestic U.S. 0% ABV craft beer brand with truly alcohol-free products. That means you can have a great craft beer any time of the day. I usually have the Citra Lager for lunch, or the coffee stout with my waffles. But most of my friends and family like the IPA. I quit drinking about five years ago, and I always looked for great non-alcoholic beers. And I finally found them at Hairless Dog Brewing. So head over at drinkhairlessdog.com, that is drinkhairlessdog.com, and use my promo code, De La Roca, D-E-L-A-R-O-C-A, to receive 10% off your purchase. That is drink hairlessdog.com promo code de la roca uh it's only going to get easier so um because we didn't record we didn't get to talk about uh, uh things and but uh let's just say the world is still 
was still going and the social media was still going and it, uh, because I I do social media for Fat Burger and uh, I go and promote stuff um, and then the the way Facebook algorithm works is like if you click on something it pushes through and it's like the first thing you see so to see uh, uh, the queen arrive what's <laughs> the best especially because you are not so much into Facebook I think your wife is a little bit more. But let's just say your in-laws. Oh my goodness! It's just <laughs> incredible to see that in social media because you're. I don't think you're. I don't. I don't know if your mom does, but maybe because you're having. I don't think your mom does social media much, and maybe your sister. But it's basically like uh, her business. But yep. looking at your in-laws see everything through their eyes it's just yeah. it was just fantastic man uh i'm lucky enough to be part of your circle uh and then um you know i i i was well, not like i know them but let's just say because we do this they know who i am so i still don't know how facebook works so i don't know if if you what if i wasn't their friends i would be allowed to see it or whatever anyways let's just say that i i'm able to see what they post uh uh but it's just incredible man to because the 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 birth of your wonderful daughter uh came at the perfect time of your father-in-law i think yeah yeah and his then, retirement let, basically let, let me just say something about i've been wanting to talk about this <laughs> since uh since since the retirement of certain guy I will marry your wife just to have your in-law. That guy is amazing, man. I don't, I, I don't know if he just discovered uh, uh, Facebook. I don't know if he was just the man of the hour. I don't know if he wanted to. He is through his pictures. What the life he's having right now, the moment he was having of retirement, everybody wanted to wish him a, 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 a happy retirement that guy is amazing so i don't and it's his name sparky or something like that no. <laughs> or, or... No, so, we, so we so we got paul so we got paul thomas who appeared on this uh, this podcast previously uh and my father-in-law kevin who is like he's like one of the best community managers i've never known but he's not a community manager like he's he's like uh, he's he's always putting stuff on facebook he's always interacting people like he lives it he loves it um yeah let's just uh, say so his name is kevin yeah, yeah. I I just want to be part of the family so I could have like a non-alcoholic beer with him, like and talk sports or whatever. And that guy is so cool through social media. Keep it up, sir. So you, my, he's cool. And then to see the the royal treatment of your 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 daughter being born, and that was the only way I saw pictures. It's not like I'm looking for them. Uh, not that I don't want to, but I'm just saying because i click a couple likes on his stuff yeah. like facebook will push it so seeing him on his like uh having beers in the and the jacuzzi and you know <laughs> next day having uh watching england and then like uh being babysitters for you and i think it was like his retirement somebody's uh uh, uh birthday it, he's yeah. just having the time of his life and i just want to party with that guy man i'm like you're lucky <laughs> to have 
him as as a father-in-law. So there you go. I just want to say that congratulations yeah. to him. He he was he's been absolutely awesome. To be honest, the whole Murphy family's been absolutely amazing. Um, Griffith's family's been amazing as well. Um, you know, I think we we feel just really lucky to have the support network around us. Like, you know, I know, like we're doing okay. We we we're happy and we we're getting used to things. But if if something happened. And I needed someone to take my son or I needed someone to look after my daughter or whatever. I know there'd be multiple people there in a heartbeat to help, which is, you know, which is amazing. Um, and we, we feel blessed to have that support network. Like it's, it's, you know, it makes you feel better about things and it makes you feel good knowing that someone's got your back. Um, yeah, super, super important. Like I, I have a couple of friends who have moved away from their family for whatever reason. And like, when you do that, you just make everything hard. Um, to a certain extent and that's okay if you want it that way but um just having having people around like it was bonkers yesterday because i invited we our garden has lots of stuff in it that just grows it's not like we try and grow like vegetables and stuff it's that we moved into a house where the previous occupants used to do it and like i don't know how germination works but basically it still grows right so every year we have a bumper crop of rhubarb and in the uk you, you do like Wait, rhubarb pie or... so rhubarb's like it's 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 not a root vegetable it's like a pinkish stalks that have giant like green leaves and basically you can take the rhubarb and put it into things with sugar uh, you can tell i'm an expert and uh <laughs> and um basically i i put a message on the on the family group just saying hey we've got rhubarb anyone wants it let me know just pop around and pick it up and basically the whole family came around like to just say yeah yeah and then they didn't they just came around to say hello and they didn't even friggin' pick up the rhubarb. So, you know, it's, it's stuff like that. It's really nice. Uh, and it's really good. And it's made this whole, it's made this whole month, frankly, just fly by, um, because we haven't had the, like, I remember the, the, with our first child, because you're so scared, right? Cause you don't really know what you're doing and you're like, Oh my God, if, if they don't get X number of nappies or they don't have, why number of ounces this tiny thing's gonna die and the truth is it won't like the truth is as long as they're having wet nappies and as long as they're feeding the way that they should and they're 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 consolable when they're crying you're doing a good job um so for this one we've been able to enjoy it a bit more we've been able to think like okay we feel comfortable with with our parenting style um you know uh and we've had a support network to kind of help us out with it so you know having one's great having two at the moment is i'm enjoying it more because i have the confidence that living reminder that we did a good job the first time <laughs> um which which really really helps whether that will stay the case i have no idea like i think at the moment you know she's four weeks old so all she really needs is to be fed occasionally to be interacted with but most of the time she's sleeping like she sleeps like 15 hours a day or something probably even more than that can you do a uh, rhubarb puree and start giving it to her in like six months <laughs> you probably could it sounds disgusting but you probably could <laughs> i think we should name the the episode of bar and i just find a picture of whatever that thing is yeah i'm I'll, telling I'll, you I'll like to see the born of the queen of england through social media was the best like going from like hey i'm retired to like here i'm in the jacuzzi to like here i'm taking care of uh uh my brand new uh, granddaughter uh, having tea and small little sandwiches. It, it's uh, it was the best. I, I just 
And then, uh, so congratulations to you. Congratulations to your wife, uh, you, to man. your son, to your daughter. She doesn't know. And uh, I don't know what she's getting into later on because she probably will be more embarrassed uh, of you doing this than your, your son. Uh, <laughs> or who knows, right? Um, uh, congratulations to the Griffiths, the Murphys. I mean, you guys... For what I see, it's an amazing family. I can't wait to stop by one day and, and have an alcoholic beer with your in-law. He's so cool. Uh, so who's Sparky? So Sparky is... So that's Paul Thomas. So oh, so Paul. Paul. Thomas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, Sparky? Yeah. What the fuck is... But that's the thing the is, is that like, So what Kev does is he reposts stuff a lot of the time as well right so you might see some posts from paul that that like he's re reposted um but paul's lovely as well and he's absolutely amazing and when i had like when i had a car accident with with um with my son like when he was like eight months old or something i can't remember uh like they were amazing paul was amazing like he was he was it was just a regular fender bender right it wasn't anything extravagant but i always remember paul when he was like he like went into proper like csi mode which was like look you gotta be careful what you say about to the police all right you just gotta be thinking about everything and you're like no it's, it's cool man it's okay he's like no man you gotta you'll be fine and i was like oh no i'm pretty sure i turned into like no you probably didn't they'll probably go way too fast you've got it like so paul's amazing he's, he's a lovely 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 guy um they all are really um so yeah, I think uh, this this is the thing. Like when you're when you're otherwise disposed and you're super super tired, you 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 find out who your friends are and you find out you know who's you know who's who's worth sticking around. Um, and we we found that out in in spades, and it's been absolutely lovely. Like everyone's helped us, which is really really nice. Yeah, you have a wonderful family, and congratulations to everyone. Uh, it's a uh wonderful little girl and she is beautiful so she must look like uh, your wife so <laughs> she does she does let me tell you about peanut crunch these fake peanuts puffs are so delicious my son and i cannot stop eating them seriously we cannot stop peanut crunch are a delicious and healthy peanut treat they have the power of vegan peanut protein rice beans and a wonderful crunch that keeps active kids and adults on the go. I came across Peanut Crunch when I was watching Shark Tank, and I just decided to help out a fellow Central American entrepreneur and buy his product. So I decided to get it, and when I got them, I found out how delicious these baked peanut puffs were, and I became hooked ever since. Go check them out at peanut.com. That is P-N-U-F-F.com. P-N-U-F-F.com. And use my promo code De La Roca and you will get 10% off your order. I'm telling you guys, I cannot stop eating this great baked peanut puffs. Peanut Crunch. P-N-U-F-F.com. That is P-N-U-F-F.com. Promo code De La Roca. Uh, and um, another thing I wanted to guess uh, again, uh, Sparky, Henry, whatever their names, they're, it's the best scene, their, their things. Uh, and then I see them like enjoy England, <laughs> play the Euro Cup. Are you even watching that? Are you even, do you oh, care? Dude, totally, totally. I, 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 I love it. It's, um, it's the only thing which means I know that time is passing, right? So if you think about it, my sleep's all over the place. Um, I'm not playing video games that much. 
I'm still fitting in some time to play video games, which is amazing. Anyway, uh, and uh, it, you can set your watch by the Euros. You know who's playing all the time. Football's the sort of sport that kind of like just washes over you. You don't really need to know who the hell plays for like Denmark or whoever. Um, so yeah, that's like the evening thing for me. Um, absolutely love it. Watching it all the time. Watching it today. Uh, saw Czech Republic knock out the Netherlands uh, to date this podcast. Uh, I'm missing, sacrificing, watching Portugal right now. Uh, but that's okay. I'd much rather talk to you. Um, and obviously England play Germany on Tuesday. So yeah, that's going to be really interesting. That's going to be a big one. So I root for Germany because uh, again, if you guys go back, uh, my cousins are German. I always like German beer, German cars, yep. and it's just uh, Guatemala sucks in, in soccer, football, whatever you want to call it. So us Central Americans, we always root for. Uh, it's funny because Central Americans have like three uh, teams that we root in the World Cup. It's either Argentina, it's either Germany, or it's either uh, Spain. And if you yeah. literally talk to a Central America, unless you're from Costa Rica, which those people are really not from there and they think they're somewhere else and say, whatever. Unless you're, you know, from Costa Rica, you would literally root for, you know, Germany or Argentina or Spain, maybe Italy, but uh, pushing it. So I always have rooted for it. And then, uh, um, uh, you know, that's why when you were saying that you were going to stop uh, last podcast and your lovely uh, uh, daughter uh, woke up and it was just Will and I, I was surprised because England was playing Scotland. And I was like, is he sure? I was like, are you okay? I'm like, I know you. So I was like, aren't you supposed to be watching that? I mean, I would if I had a... Yeah. In, if I, if I was English, you know what I mean, like uh, uh, that's cool. So you, do you think Germany is not playing that well? So what do you think? Germany's not playing well. England aren't really playing well. Obviously, we had that nil-nil draw with Scotland, which was um, a bit of a bummer. Um, so if you really like England, you hate watching England because <laughs> they are a team. Trust me, never... I know. I know Sparky, uh, yeah. uh, Mister Sparky, Mister. <laughs> we're just gonna call. I should call this this podcast Mr. Sparky. Uh, <laughs> uh, um, uh, root beer or whatever you call it. Rhubarb yeah. or Sparky is going to be the name. Uh, uh, Sparky <laughs> <laughs> I see. It, it's funny because like even they, even you guys clown you guys. So it's so easy to be part of the clowning community. It's just seeing him trash his own team and everybody goes along. It's just funny. But yeah there's um there's a term um, i'm sad that will's not on the podcast because he'll be able to tell me the right way to pronounce this but it's like schoidenfreude uh which is a german term for like taking enjoyment in other people's suffering or your failings basically and that's kind of what every uh, every england fan does so we have a like basically if it's during a tournament we're always rubbish and disappointing basically but in the run-up to the tournament we play amazing like we blow away teams, we score loads of goals, we look super, super confident. But as soon as it gets to the tournament, we look rubbish. And the reason for that is because our players are just knackered. Like they play so much football in the UK. Uh, most of the time they're playing just in domestic leagues. They don't tend to go to other leagues. There are a few exceptions to that. Um, so yeah, I think, uh, I honestly think that England's got a chance to go all the way and actually win it. Um, but I don't want to say that out loud too much because I don't want to get my hopes up. And I, I don't like watching England. There's too much on it. Um, the media just like picks on England players way too much. Um, you know, we get a one nil victory and people are like, oh, it's only one nil though. Pfft, that was rubbish. We should have beat them like eight nil or something. That's always like the response. It's like, yeah, it's good, but 
Um, so I, I and that in, that England Scotland game, dude. Like, you know, it, we even if we beat them three nil, it'd be like, yeah, but it's only Scotland. Um, you know, it's like um, I don't know baseball analogies. I don't know baseball. I I don't really know NHL anymore. Just trying to think of it of an analogy for um for US sport, really. Yeah, it doesn't uh, matter. But uh, one thing that uh, so I, I think I already told you that my son is all into uh, basketball, right? He knows yeah. teams, players, divisions, points, and everything. And because we watch Barcelona a lot, uh, he knows Messi. And then we've been watching. I'm a I'm a football guy. I'm an immigrant. I, I'm from Guatemala. My number one sport is football, soccer, whatever you want to call it. I always yeah. rooted for Germany. I I've been watching the World Cup since I was a little boy. Uh, I don't like Brazil. I like Argentina. Uh, um, uh, England is one of those like teams that you always knew they were high up, but they were like, okay, but they're not Germany, right? Or yeah, you yeah. always, as a, as, a, as a Latino immigrant, whatever, uh, South America is different because it's, uh, they have good teams. They have good players, always had. Uh, so oh, you were, if you're Central America like me, you know, or immigrant, whatever you want to call it, uh, you always knew that Italy was good, France was good, uh, Germany. Those are like the top team. Brazil and Argentina. Those are your your top five. You never. Sorry to say this, and sorry Sparky, uh, and Mister mm-hmm. um, Murphy. I love you guys, but uh, you never saw England on the top five, right? Uh, you guys have one World Cup, right? One. Yeah, one. Okay, one. and then, um, but now because I know you, I'm more into the. Uh, it's it's funny to bring the topic to my son and i'm like well this is where andy because you know my son uh will knows my son even though will doesn't consider himself english he's like british and he's like uh he still doesn't know who he is what he's doing he's all into like (laughs) going crazy right now uh he only knows video games and that he's going to be a dad and he doesn't know what to do anymore because he needs to analyze everything and there's a period of he he's probably doesn't know what he's doing at the moment he's just waiting and since he needs to analyze everything he can't anyways so like i i, I get to tell my son like hey uh so uh your dad likes germany your mom likes mexico because you know mexico is a big team they're i don't think they're biggest fans in the world that mexicans like mexicans and Me- mexico fans these guys are like Mexico fans are fans of Mexico, and there could be a three-legged dog in the dog Olympics, and Mexicans know and think it's the best running (laughs) dog in the world. So my my girlfriend will root for Germany. My brother roots for, I mean, uh, my girlfriend roots for Mexico. My brother always liked Argentina. So I had to tell him, okay, you had to kind of, you know, pick one so i threw england there and he really didn't know england we haven't watched that so right now only because he saw italy kicked some butt he thinks italy is the best so he's rooting for italy at the moment but uh he likes argentina too because messi is there so it's funny to see a five-year-old get into soccer so much he like (laughs) roots he yells He's like, uh, he wants, he knows the time of the games. He's like, aren't we supposed to be watching this? Uh, nice, so it's nice. very, very like that. And I mean, so do you, do you guys have good players? Is that my question? Because we were, <laughs> I was, I was listening 
No, I, I don't know because I yeah, was yeah. I was watching. Uh, so because as you know, in, in the United States, if you really want to experience soccer, well, you listen to it in in Spanish. So we yeah. watch it watch it here, and then the 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 commentary was that um, the Euro Cup, uh, the number one league that gives uh, that had more players in the Euro Cup was the Premier League. The Premier UK, League yeah. is the biggest league in the whole world, uh, according to money, blah, blah, blah. Does that mean the you have good players? Or is there each Premier League has to have a certain English players? Or they could have all, you know, from other countries? So, so shouldn't you guys be bringing so many good players? So we do have rules. So basically we have, um, we used to have a non-ECC rule, which was basically you could only have a certain number of players from outside the European uh, commercial. It basically means EU. Um, but we also have a, uh, like you need a certain number of players in your starting lineup. So that includes the 11 and the five subs um, that need to be trained basically between the ages of 18 to 21 or 18 to 25, I think it is for a certain number of years in your team. Um, and most of those are the English players. Um, the thing is, is that a lot of the English talent, you know, uh, like take Man City, for example, Man City has like three of their starting 11 are English. You know, it's not the majority and they kicked ass this year. Um, the majority of like the top four teams, the, the the big five, they get players from everywhere, but they've usually got one or two England players or three or four or whatever, or players who are English who, who are eligible to play for England. So while we don't, we do have the best league and we've had the best league in the world primarily because of money. Um, uh, we get lots of foreign investment um, from, you know, uh, I think the owner of Man City is basically uh, a, a, a chic Uh, um, and, you know, owner of Chelsea is like a, a Russian uh, oligarch um, who made his money from the oil. So, you know, it's, it is complicated just because we have the best league in the world doesn't mean we necessarily have the best players. But to answer your question, we do have a really good team. Like, um, you know, we've got Harry Kane, who is who's at least arguably the best striker in the world. Um, <laughs> we've got some of the best midfielders in the world. Ah, okay. uh, it's an arguable. I'd say arguable. It's okay. fine. Um, you know, we've got players like Mason Mount, who are, who are incredible. Uh, we've got, um, I would say we've got some of the best players in the world, arguably. That's how I would put it. So on their day, for example, Harry Kane is one of the best strikers in the world. <laughs> um, we've got, uh, God, I'm just trying, you know, we've got Raheem Sterling, who's really, really good. Um, we've got lots of players that like on their day could challenge the best teams in the world but um because it's a euros because you haven't got brazil argentina you've only got european countries we have a chance um so the favorites at the moment are belgium who are playing portugal as, yeah so as, what's up with them the like you don't hear i look so i know belgium is good because i've yeah. been watching the world cup for all my life i know yeah. that they but you never you never expect belgium to be this good and even though i know soccer football uh i can't i i cannot even name a belgium player and i watch a lot of football i can i literally could name like 
Welsh. I could literally name yeah. like uh, Croatian players. I could name like, uh, uh, you know, like Turkish and shit, but I cannot. So what's up with Belgium? So they've got, I would say they've got a good spine of a team. So they've got good players in that team. So you've got guys like Kevin De Bruyne who play in the middle, playmaker, kind of make everything happen, plays for Man City. Um, they've got a good striker as well. Name escapes me. Um, but he used to play in the Premier League, he used to play for Man United. So they've they've got a fair number of players that play well together. Uh, and they've just got a couple of starlets. And you and you see that amongst a lot of teams in the Euros. Um, you know, Netherlands got knocked out earlier today. Um they have good players as well. Um and obviously you've, you've, you yeah, France is kind of the favourites. They've got oh, lots of amazing players. Everyone's heard of their players, um, so I won't go through it. Um, but I think ultimately, you know, it, it with the England thing, there's always a weight of expectation. Uh, and whenever there's tournament football on, whenever there's a major tournament, like a World Cup or a Euros, like the UK or England at least changes. Like, you know, everyone has those tiny, stupid little flags on their cars. Like all the pubs have got like, you know, come watch the Euros here. First pints on us or whatever. Like they've all got crazy promotions. Um you know, uh, local TV shops have got like, hey, you've got a one in 50 chance of winning a TV today if you come in or get your TV for free if you buy it because it's the Euros and all that stuff. Like football fever takes over the country, um, which if you don't like football is massively annoying and you just wish it would go away as soon as possible. But thankfully, I like football. Um, so I, well, I, I really, really enjoy Normal people it. are yeah. like us. N nobody's like Will. You know, I was like, he's, Will's like, I don't care. <laughs> but I was like, really? Come on. But okay. So, but you see, like, this is this is my point, right? Uh, Messi is the best striker in the world. Uh, and <laughs> just wanted to throw that out there to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but he, he cannot win uh, uh, a World Cup. On his own. Yeah. So, um. I always feel that teams, maybe baseball could be like one player and could win the whole thing because one home run can make a difference in three of those. Yeah, or, or like American football with a quarterback, right? No, because like you still need it. Yeah, it's kind of difficult there too. But um, so you do need a team, right? And I always yeah. feel like uh, because even though Messi is the best striker and the best player in the world, uh, Argentina never does anything because they don't bring players to... to. But are you saying, like, you all have... England has now, like, a good, complete team? Yeah, I mean, the, the, it, that's still to be proved out, to be honest. I mean, I think we've got a really young team and that's we've good. got a really hungry team. Um, and we've got lots of flair players. Um, so I think that what England... The best England team that I knew was like 1998 when we had, you know, the likes of Beckham, Owen, uh, Michael Owen, like super good defenders as well. Um, and, and, and a stable midfield. And, but those times are kind of gone. And now we have like this slightly unknown team almost. Like That's we good. all know the players, how they play in like the Premier League for their, for their teams each week. But when you throw them all together, it, we're still not entirely confident. We're still not entirely... Like, we don't really know what our best 11 is, really. Um, Harry Kane, because he's the captain, he gets loads of stick in the media because he doesn't score enough goals and all that stuff. Uh, but ultimately, I think we've got a good chance just because, you know, football's like osmosis a little bit, especially um, skills in football and getting... Uh, knowing 
how to play, especially at big tournaments. All of the players that we have play with other big players, play with some of the best talent in the world. So you would hope that that expertise, that skill is kind of rubbed off on them a little bit and they can take that together. I think the Euros is always a little bit different from a World Cup. I think the World Cups, like you get lots of different contrasting styles of football, you know, lots of different tactics. Whereas at this Euros, it's always kind of been the same. It's, you know, high press, which means basically you've get uh, your wing backs kind of barreling forward to put pressure on the other team. Um, all about control possession, which means that, you know, you aren't trying to force an attack through. You're basically waiting patiently by pinging the ball back and forth, basically, and keeping possession. Um, and every team's kind of played the same. So I think it's going to be really interesting this tournament to see who actually wins out. Um, and that's why I think England have got a chance because ultimately it's not always the best team that wins these things. Uh, and England have got a really good side of the draw. Like the, we've got Germany at Wembley on Tuesday. Hmm, if we win great. that, we've got uh, basically Ukraine or Sweden, I think it is, hmm. at Wembley. Um and then I think we would only meet France in the final. So, you know, it, it's not bad. It's the best chance. I think it's probably the best English team that I've seen in the past 20 years, I think. Um, the best but... thing that you just said was that you will meet France in the finals. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen Belgium. I haven't seen... Uh, 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 who else is... Uh... Denmark, I think I saw it. Uh, so for me, as long as Portugal doesn't win, I'm I'm fine. Uh, uh, I hate Ronaldo. I yeah. love him as a person and as a as a human being. I hate yeah. him as a player. Uh, um, <laughs> uh, but uh, I don't think anybody in the world could beat France, bro. Yeah, I, it's just incredible. So I saw uh, Paris and Germain, whatever you want to call it. Beat yeah. Barcelona 8-0. And I saw this guy score four goals. He's a different type of guy. He's an amazing player. He's strong. He's fast. He doesn't fall for nothing like Ronaldo. Yeah. And his name is African. And he plays for France. Mbappé. Yeah. Yeah. And... Oh my goodness. And not only he is for France, but every other good player that I know plays for France. Yeah. So for me, I don't think anybody in the world could beat France. But again, it's football. Who knows? So you do you think France will win it or do you think it's England and France and then flip I, coin? I think like I think France has got the best chance for sure. Um Uh, they got Didier Deschamps managing them, who is a quality manager, really super experienced. Um, and Beppe is great. Uh, they got Anton Griezmann up front as well, who is awesome and super, super underrated. He's he he plays international football really, really well. He works really, really hard. Um, but Mbappe, like everything goes to him. They've obviously got the Man United guy as well, Paul Pogba, oh, who is yeah. really, really good Sometimes. if he turns up. Yeah, but he tends to turn up for France, so... You know, uh, and they've got the best holding midfielder in the world, which is Angolo Kante, who is just phenomenal and will hoover everything up. Is happy to do all the dirty work for the team, uh, intercept all the tackles. Is that the city guy? Players. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that guy's amazing, man. Oh, that guy's great. He's he's like uh, so he plays for Chelsea now, but um, when Leicester won the Premier League, like he was the key reason why they won the Premier League because yeah. he 
knew how to hoover up balls, spray them to other players. He's just a massive part of the team. Um, so I think as long as all those guys stay fit, uh, they've also got Rudiger as well. Or, no, Rudiger plays for Germany, actually. Um, they, they've got loads of good players. Oh, yeah. uh, and I think that the thing that means that the England has a chance against Germany is Germany's got quite an olding or an old team. You know, they've got like people like Muller who are like 33 or something still in the team. Um, whereas England, super, super young, super exciting, super unpredictable. Yeah. Well, so that's what I, so I follow Germany. They were saying that Germany has a young team and they have the young players. But let's just put it this way. I saw the young players play and they were playing like young players. Yeah. So I was like, but that's, that's the thing when you, this, this is the thing, man. I don't think I've seen another player besides uh, Messi that is young and could do what uh, uh, Mbappé or uh, I yeah, has Mbappe. done. It's just incredible. This guy, and he, he, you see, I hate when good players fall, like Ronaldo. Yeah. I hate when players just get touched and they fall. I, I love when players want to play. Messi, man, he's like my height, and this fool will get hit all the time, and he will go for it. He's old already, and he's probably falling yeah. more than ever. But Mbappé, oh, is I give my hats to him. I love the guy. If I wasn't rooting for for Germany, I would root for France. Sorry, my English people. Uh, Sparky, sorry, man. Uh, anyways, um, so all right, so so you keep England in France final. Yeah, I think it's quite. I I think it's quite likely. Um, I don't know if. I think we might meet France in the semis. I, I, I'm just trying to picture the the, the like the, the the fixture tree in my head. Um, but yeah, I, I that would be a great final for everyone. I think um, I think we'll beat Germany. I think they do actually. I think you're right. I think they have a young team, but they've got a couple of ancient people. Who oh play yeah, for them. they have a uh, um, f- number eighteen. I forgot his yeah. name, but uh, Mueller is uh, Mueller. I've yeah, been, it's Mueller. Uh, Podolski is not here, but uh, yeah. uh, uh the, and Italy that, have got like an ancient center half playing for them as well, who's like thirty five or thirty six or something. Like they look, Italy look really good, but they'll they'll probably knuckle themselves out. So the things with England is that we always do badly as soon as it gets to knockout stages. So you know, but it's a new generation, new exciting players. Uh, a lot of our players, a couple of our players, had to get rested due to a COVID scare, um, and they'll be back. So yeah. We, I mean, you got to be hopeful, right? Like nobody wants to be. Yeah, probably get knocked out. No, like nobody wants to fucking hang out with that guy. That guy sucks. Like you want to, you want to hang out with a guy who's like, oh my god, we're gonna win everything. It's gonna be amazing. You're gonna love it. You're gonna be so happy. Yeah, you want to, you want to hang out with that guy, the positive guy. You don't want to hang out with the, the the Debbie Downer guy. All right, you heard that, Sparky. He doesn't want to hang out with you. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the man. Of the hour is back. I've been waiting to talk to you about what my nephew likes. <laughs> Technically, <laughs> so I just did a, a, a another podcast, and then uh, uh, we were talking about how wonderful the gaming community is. The more, the more I know, it's 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 a wonderful place to be. Uh, I'm not a gamer, even though I just bought a, a, the Kobe uh, game, and I'm trying to play it with my son. My son is getting better at FIFA. Um, 
uh, I love Mbappé. My every two, three years, my love of soccer comes back. Even though I watch Barcelona tie, but they've been sucking for the past two years, so yep. it's been difficult. Uh, I know how Englishmen feel now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyways uh, but um uh i always tell the the gaming community is an amazing community because they're just there to play games and uh kicks butt or go and experience wonderful worlds and uh i've been wanting to see what um andy's been up to and uh since he only has what like 10 seconds of free time a day have you been playing games uh, I have been playing games. I've been playing. I, I got caught by the football bug, so I've been playing Football Manager a lot. Uh, but that's great because you can play Football Manager while holding a baby. Um, it's not very intensive, so that's that's my like pick of the week for one-handed game, which always sounds naughty when I say it, but uh, I don't mean it like that. Um, uh, so yeah, I've been playing plenty of that. I actually picked up an Xbox Series S about a week ago as well. I traded in a bunch of old consoles that I don't play anymore to get one of those that console is amazing so it's a new xbox that's cool just to get ready on the on the e3 thing that we're talking about just to get ready for the new halo uh that's coming out at the end of the year uh and forza horizon 5 which is set in mexico which is great um so yeah to get ready for that um but yeah mostly i've just primarily been fantasizing about playing games rather than actually playing games but that's okay that's, that's what it's all about. And then I think we touched a little bit with Will uh, last podcast how um, E3 was everything online, and it's kind of yep. weird for me because I want to go. Uh, and I there was a cha- there was a uh, I could log in, I could sign up, and everything. But you said you wanted to talk about E3. Yeah, so it was weird this year. It was just a bunch of shows that you could watch, um, which is obviously unusual, and obviously where we met. We met on the show floor on the Xbox booth, right? Um, there, there's been no booths this year. Uh, E3 will probably be back June next year. Um, the reason why I say that is because you're starting to get, I think, packs. Where's Seattle? It's like east, right? Is it east or west? I forget. Is it east coast? It's the Pacific Northwest. Yeah, so west coast. So PAX West is happening essentially, I think it's September this year. Um, that's already going ahead. They're starting to do tickets for it. Um, so it seems like that COVID stuff is, is at least in America, is starting to look a bit better. I don't know. Um, so I think there will be an E3 next year. Um, I spoke to a few friends uh, who basically were, were part of the, the, the first party conferences this year. So um, Microsoft and Nintendo. Um, and uh, they were telling me about, you know, just how hard it was to to basically get their trailers onto the onto the different shows because they were so jam packed with um with demand. Um, so I think E three has been really weird this year. There's still loads of conferences that you can go back and watch. Um, I would definitely recommend the Limited Run Games conference, which is like they're just a tiny tiny games publisher, but they have loads of really cool games. Um, and the Devolver Digital one was really good. Uh, as well you can watch that for free lots of weird interesting indie games um like one including like a tony hawker like called skatebird or bird skate i can't remember where like you're a bird and you're skating around an arena that was kind of cool um i think uh the other thing to note as well is that this year was kind of the first e3 that i can remember where 
Microsoft and um, Valve, so Steam, basically had demos of all the stuff at the show that they showed off during their conferences, um, which is really, really cool and really different. Now, it wasn't absolutely everything, but it was a fair smattering of stuff. So if you watch like the Future Game Showcase or, or the Summer Games Festival uh, presentations, you'd be able to go on Steam, search those games, and you would have a chance of being able to play them before they came out later this year. So that was pretty cool. Um, so yeah, E3 was weird, but it was a good kind of weird. Um, and I think a, a lot of games got showed in a very short amount of time. Wait, so, so you liked it? That change. I thought it was too weird for me. It, it was definitely weird, well, but I think... Ultimately, uh, like for me, I don't really. Yeah, I was going to say for you, prefer a physical event, like always, 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 right? No, but But, for you, at this moment, was perfect. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I could hold a baby and watch everything. It was great. Um, uh, It was really funny. I did a panel uh, about E3, like a marketing panel, a couple of weeks ago for a mate of mine um, because he needed someone that watched everything. Uh, and basically we were talking and he was like, oh, you don't have to have watched everything. And like, it's totally fine. And I was like, no, dude, I, I watched everything. I've had like a newborn baby where I've been able to hold at like 2 a.m. in the morning. That's like the best way to watch these conferences. Um, so it was perfect for me. I definitely, I mean, you, you always miss, or I personally always miss going to LA and just meeting people face to face. And it's not just the people you know, like, you know, you could meet someone randomly at a booth and do a podcast with them like for like the next hundred years or whatever. Like, you know, that's the sort of stuff that happens at E3. Like it's a great networking event. So yeah, uh, I do miss that. But at the end of the day, as someone that's done a lot of work for independent developers who are looking to get their slice of the, of the awareness pie, um, which is a horrible term. Uh, I think I just made it up. Uh, like, it's good that all these uh, like big guys like Microsoft and Nintendo are going, hey, we need games. Can you just come to us and see if we think it's good enough and then we'll showcase it to our audiences? That's really cool. That doesn't happen at every E3. It really, really doesn't. Like if you had a traditional Microsoft show, like, you know, I had um, uh, the, the indie game I used to work on, Robocraft Infinity. Like we were part of that show, but we were like a tiny two-second clip within a... 60 second montage of like 20 other different games right you didn't see that this year you saw every game of that was noteworthy they were spending time doing it you know it wasn't just a name and a logo like they were like hey here's a full trailer because they didn't have to worry about running time they could go you know let's make this thing two hours let's make this thing two and a half hours or whatever so yeah i think it was a net positive to be honest yeah your game wasn't in a little corner uh <laughs> <laughs> That Next to the X. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Dragon Ball Z game looks pretty good, though, right? Dragon Ball Z is great. Uh, um, yeah. anyway. So, do you think you'll be here for E3? That will be a year. I would. I would be shocked if I am. If I'm honest I'm, with you, I'm actually looking for a place to go watch the World Cup. So I want to travel to a country. Where, the where World... is the World Cup? No, I, I'm I'm not saying. I, I'm either yeah. going to go to Mexico, Guatemala, or the UK to watch the World Cup. That's what I'm trying to say. Uh, I think it's going to be like late because of the heat. It's yeah. going to be in Qatar. Um, oh, and so, um, so I'm thinking, you know, if you're not here in July, maybe I could be over there. 
and Mate, you know, amazing. will be a lot of pubs and out you know, don't wear my Germany jersey, but I just wear white. <laughs> All right, I sent you a couple of games for you to uh, digest because my nephew, yep. uh, he's been playing a lot uh, to the point that he gained some weight. Uh, hopefully, he doesn't listen to this. Uh, but he actually called me one day. And he asked me t- for a couple of uh, exercise routines, and he's been exercising while he plays game. Uh, for the first time in uh, two years, I went to my brother's house last uh yesterday and um i was making fun of my nephew uh because we went outside and i was like this is the sun you breathe that this is the fresh air so he plays a lot of video games and he was telling me about some video games that he's excited for and i said send me the names and let's see what the expert has to say about them and i think i sent you three right you did you did uh but i've only got information on two um (laughs) so the 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 games that you you asked me to to think about which i knew about anyway oh there you go uh was breath of the wild 2 which is the sequel to breath of the wild 1 so zelda on the switch brilliant game one of the best games on the switch um so they showed a teaser of that last e3 and i was like oh my god they're doing a sequel it's amazing um because in the zelda series they don't tend to do like straight sequels they tend to do like spin-offs all the time. That's when well not necessarily spin-offs, so they're they're in the main like Zelda narrative line, but they're all like slightly different. So like Wind Waker is you want a boat, basically, uh, going from different islands. Um Ocarina of Time is like a, a you know, it's like the de facto through third person RPG, like standard, you know, like trendsetter way back in the N64 era. Um you know all these different spin-offs and, and breath of the wild 2 is a, it's a sequel to breath of the wild which in of itself was a massively was a massive sea change for the zelda series where basically it was like an open world you can do whatever you want um you know with lots of crafting and survival elements so they showed a tiny teaser last year that blew everyone's minds and then this e3 they showed off a much longer trailer that showed a lot more so new enemies floating islands in the sky um flying mounts probably we don't know uh and a release date of 2022 which um when they announced 2022 i was like oh man that's ages away but looking at the clock and seeing it's only a year away it's actually not that bad um so they showed just enough to get people excited again like everyone's super excited about that game like they could have just showed a release date and a logo and people would have been excited um but it looks really really cool uh and i know based on you know just talking to people um who who develop games in japan that they've been massively hit by the covid stuff and the restrictions with there and certain companies you know like nintendo don't have you know are not quite so open-minded when it comes to working remotely um so they've been hit quite badly with the with the stay-at-home restrictions in japan um so that is why people think that the release date has been delayed so much don't have any confirmation on that um, but the game looks amazing. I'm sure that we'll find out more pretty soon. Um, uh, and yeah, I, it, it just looks great. The thing is, a Breath of the Wild is, is is beautiful to look at. It's amazing that it's basically running on a glorified tablet, which is the Switch. Um, and you know, they didn't show a lot, but what they showed was just enough to to get people interested. Oh, so wow, it's not even out till 2022, and this fool's already excited about. It? Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's crazy. Uh, and then the other game you asked me to look at was another Zelda game uh, called Zelda Skyward Sword. So I, I remember he's like he's like, uh, uh, and I told him because so I don't know anything about anything. 
So I was like, hey, what are those two names that you told me about? And then he's like, oh, the Zelda games? I'm like, no, the other ones. And then he sent me two names, and I thought it was the <laughs> other ones. I didn't know he literally told me the names <laughs> of the Zelda. Anyway, so he tricked me, but here we go. Yeah, so um, <laughs> Skyward Sword is a remake, basically. Um, it, it's But it's kind of a HD remaster rather than a remake, I would say. So it originally came out in 2016 for the Wii. Uh, this was when, like... So do you remember when the Wii came out and everyone was, like, playing Wii Tennis? It was like, yeah. oh, my God, it's amazing. And, like, you know, you saw all those morning segments on TV where people were like, oh, my three-year-old was playing and he threw a controller and it hit the TV and then now I need a new TV. And Nintendo were like, oh, shit, okay, we need to sort something out. out. And that's why they... they out these weird like silicone condom things that yeah. you were supposed to wear while on those um and then they brought out another wave of games and they're like hey motion controls are great and they were selling loads and then basically developers were starting to hit the the the, the limits of what you could do with motion control with the with the uh wii because basically it was just you know it was just not a very good control system so they brought out this uh kind of addition for the for the wii which was the wii motion control plus and it was way better one-to-one movement. And to kind of to showcase it, they released Skyward Sword, which was a new Zelda game, where basically there's always been a dream that Zelda fans have had where their sword play is more realistic, you know, and you're doing jewels and it's, you know, complete bullshit. Like anyone that's actually done fencing knows that sword fighting is really boring. Anyway, um, the point is, is that uh, they released this game, Skyward Sword, sword it was not massively well received the reasons why is that the tutorial was too long the setting was really cool so it's actually the earliest zelda in the overall canon um which is really interesting you're flying from islands to islands so a massive open world again but you're flying to islands to islands on this giant bird um the color palette is really welcoming really colorful but the controls weren't very good and the story was really ploddy and the reason why people like people say it has the best dungeon design of any zelda um i don't know if that's true because i got 10 hours in was still in a tutorial zone and i was like screw this i'm gonna play something else um regardless they are doing a hd remaster for the switch um and you know obviously the switch doesn't uh, does have motion controls but they are on, on the joy cons and they're going to keep that in there but you'll also be able to play with a control pad so that means on the joy cons you know if you slash left and slash right the the player uh sorry the the link the character will basically do a similar sword movements to you so that makes the combat a little bit more nuanced um and it also has regular gamepad controls as well so you just want to play it like a regular game you can um what I've been really shocked about is that everyone seems excited about this game that came out in 2016 and wasn't very good, but it is basically has a higher definition now because it's in HD. Uh, but they haven't really spoken about the other changes that they've made. And like knowing Nintendo, they always like even for remasters, they they make changes, they do different things. So I'm hopeful that they would have, you know, read the room seen the reception to the original game and gone like, okay, that tutorial needs to make that much shorter. Okay, the dialogue needs to be zippier. Okay, we'll make a few edits here. Like, and they just make it a better game. That That's the hope. Um, but it's out on July 16th, so we'll know within the next two weeks. There you um, go. So he said he's buying two games on July 16th. So there you go. Yeah. So there's that one. And the third one 
is uh, Neo: The World Ends with You. Now that is a game. It's another remaster <laughs> of a game that came out on DS, and it came out in like I remember buying this game. Oh, I was gonna get mad DS. if you if you said that, that's another Zelda. I was I was literally <laughs> will see. I'm gonna see him today, and I I was gonna say, look, bastard! I told you not to send me Zelda. You sent me three Zeldas. Yeah, so. It's a sequel to a game that came out in 2007 called The World Ends With You that was out on DS. Um, a really, really cool game that's like kind of set in Tokyo. It's all about memory serves. It's all about essentially the world being taken over by these demons, um, uh, but they are regular people and you don't know if they're demons or not because they just look like everyone else. So essentially you have to go out into the world and have to essentially save the world. Um, I remember playing it on DS and it was super revolutionary because of the touch controls implied and the art style was really cool uh, and it was set in Tokyo. Um, this is a sequel to that game and even though I watched the Nintendo Direct in a slightly comatose state because I was super, super tired, um, I have no idea what the sequel's about. I have no idea what it looks like. I know loads of people are excited about the sequel. Um, I'm sure there's plenty of good reasons too. Um, it's... That game series is really, really cool. So uh, the soundtrack's going to be good, the RPG mechanics are going to be good, and the story's going to be interesting. So, yeah, uh, it, it's a good pick. Um, the only thing I'd say with that game is that it's on Switch and it's on PlayStation. I would, before I pre-order it, I would definitely wait for reviews, just in case. Well, um, let me ask you, does it say that if it's going to be July 16th? Because then he already pre-ordered if it's if it's if it says July 16, he told me he already pre-ordered two games. It is 27th of July, basically. Uh, oh, okay, yeah, so, so it's a, it's a bit it's set in the Shibuya district. Um, uh, yeah, I I just know that everyone that made the original game is coming back and making the sequel, which is really really cool. Uh, I know, uh, including the original composer. That doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be good. <laughs> so, well, I, uh, yeah. Well, let's just put it this way. All those games has a 15-year-old excited and yeah. ready to, again, do nothing during, during the summer. And then uh, yeah. just reading my text, just to uh, uh, throw it out there, he's also excited about Demon Slayer Kimetu no Yiba, the Hinokami Chronicles. Oh god, I have no idea. <laughs> Anyways, but uh, I always like to have this conversation with Andy because I just uh, rely what my nephew likes, and yep. um, and then I know that he and uh, Andy will have great conversations that will have nothing to do with one day, and maybe yep. don't know anything about. But I'm here just to rely the the La Roca uh, a family uh, nerd. Uh, gamer conversation and uh, uh, something for me to talk about. Even though I'm not, I'm just going to repeat what Andy said, but I'm just going to pass it along. And then <laughs> one thing I do want to say is that yesterday we were, um, we didn't do any, we didn't have anything else to do. So we started playing Super Smash Brothers because my nephew, my big, tall 15 year old nephew said, I'm going to teach your son, which is tiny five year old, how to play Super Smash Brothers. And it turns out that five people could play. So my girlfriend, my niece, my five-year-old son, my nephew were playing, and myself. And let's just say that every single game, I was the first one to die. So there you go. Until next time, my name is Jose. Jose. <laughs> <laughs>
five players is chaos man it's just there's so many projectiles on the screen and stuff that's amazing though that's so cool i just didn't know what i was doing a five-year-old knew what i was doing and a lady who doesn't play video games was the last one always and then it was just fun to see my nephew butcher her and murder her whatever you want to call it are you ready hey are you ready for this are you hanging on the edge of your seat i need a break are you ready hey are you ready for this? Are you hanging on the edge of your seat? I need a break. Are you ready? Hey, are you ready for this? Are you hanging on the edge of your seat? I need a break. Uh. Out of the doorway, the bullets rip. Repeat to the sound of the beat. The man of the hour is back. So that means that Andy's jokes are back. We have a little segment called Andy's jokes, and the way it works is that Andy tells a joke, and it's up to you to let us know whether it's a good joke. Or a bad joke. And you could do that by sending us an email. Hello at josedadarroca.com. Hello at josedadarroca.com. This segment is brought to you by Sober Industries. Sober Industries is the leading provider of cloud customs located in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Ladies and gentlemen, he might be asleep. He might be awake. We don't know. What we know is that he would tell you a joke. So good. That he will pop on our baby just for you. Here we go. Andy, tell us a joke. I'm never popping babies. It's always a bad thing. Uh, right. One joke this week. It came to me uh, earlier this morning. Um, and Jose, you're an audio guy, so you'll love this joke. <clears throat> Guaranteed. Uh, right. <laughs> what do you call a dog barking under... Waff- under- oh, God damn it. Let me start again. What do you call a dog barking underwater? I'll repeat it. I'll repeat it. Trying to... Jose, what do you call a dog barking underwater? I don't know, Andy. A subwoofer. Ah! Uh, ah, that was so good. Uh, it was yeah. so good that I even forgot to turn off the music. So here we go. That is Andy's <laughs> jokes. There you go, guys. See, good things happen when Andy doesn't do the podcast for four months, four weeks. He comes yeah, away. Go wait for another one. Now. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to be part of the conversation, send us an email. Hello at josedelarroca.com. Hello at josedelarroca.com. What's up, guys? Jose de la Roca here, and I'm happy to announce that I have partnered up with Live Bearded to share with you all the amazing products that make my beard feel and look this good. So go check them out online at livebearded.com and use my promo code de la Roca to get 10% off your order. Go check those guys out because they're amazing bearded guys just like I am, and they only have one mission for the beer men to look, feel, and be their best. So go check them out online at livebearded.com and use my promo code DELAROCA to get 10% off your order. That is DELAROCA, D-E-L-A-R-O-C-A. Well, I just want to say uh, congratulations, man. You are, I think I said it on the podcast for people to hear, but uh, since you don't listen to the podcast, I want to say it to you. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm here for you, man. I'm very proud of you guys. Uh, I'm happy for you guys. Uh, anything that you need from far away, I'm here for you. Um, thanks for be- uh, being here, being part of this podcast. I know how tired you are. We heard, everybody heard how tired you were. 
uh, you have a wonderful family. Your family is amazing, whether it's your in-laws or your personal family. Uh, it's just a blast to see everything that they do. Uh, just uh, I'm lucky enough that I'm allowed to be part of the community that you have, and I'm part that I'm proud to be part of all that. And hopefully one day, like I said, maybe next year I could go see the World Cup and cheer for England. Not really, but um, you know, have some conversations with Sparky and have an alcoholic uh beer in the bathtub of your in-law and help you change diapers because next year you will still be changing diapers but uh uh, before you go i just want to say i love you man and congrats on everything and i know you you are busy and we totally understand that and so um you know take as much time as you can or want and uh the podcast will always be here for you man thank you man i really appreciate that and um yeah uh always a blast to talk to you um always a blast to do this and uh yeah definitely feel tired but want to make the time to to do this and, and get more people on and uh and, you know really appreciate the support um and the messages and um yeah uh it's gonna be cool it's gonna be an interesting year <laughs> or a few years or 20 years whatever the hell whatever the hell this is so yeah yeah over here things are getting better to the point that my niece went to disneyland uh we are not uh taking where i'm thinking of finally using sunglasses and now wear a mask uh, outside uh we've been going places uh so things are getting better um if i don't say this right now then probably i'll say it next week but i believe in science i believe in in you know taking the curse and uh, the curse the course of of life and just you know me staying home was worth it me preventing things was worth it uh thank you to scientists thank you to doctors nurses who take care of us uh policemen firemen uh people in the army uh the english team uh <laughs> <laughs> the queen uh no but seriously thank you to science and everything we you guys saved the world so there you go and thanks to andy before we go any shout outs that you want to do uh just a massive shout out and thank you to to everyone that's 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 thought of us and, and sent their best wishes and sent their love to us over the past four weeks it's uh really meant a lot and um yeah just thank you for to you as well man and and your family for for for, for helping out as well and um, making me feel wanted it's uh it's been really nice <laughs> and big shout out to the queen of the griffiths and uh uh i forgot uh what's your what's <laughs> that's a bad way to end this uh, <laughs> uh, murphy murphy, murphy. Yeah. you yeah, guys are griffiths such murphy household. such an yeah. irish uh last names i'm yeah. are you guys sure you're not irish i'm sorry english english i don't know anyways I, you know i'm just grateful and Hopefully Germany doesn't score that many goals, but I will be cheering for Germany. So Sparky, sorry, but we're still friends. So next time, my name is Jose Jose de Roca. You have been listening to Dad Without a Dad. You can't see a thing inside. Sit tight, sit tight, it'll be alright.